we are back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly. And we are here from the mansion, live again. Again, man. Has it been, what, two weeks already? Couple weeks now. Yeah, man. Time goes fast. It does. But I always love when we get back together. Me too, man. It's always a pleasure. And I enjoy doing this podcast with you. We enjoy doing this podcast for you all out there, the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast listeners. Last time, we had Storm Cruise 16. 16, yeah. And they did not win. They didn't win. They were right in. They didn't get elected. You know who got it right in? Harambe. Harambe? Harambe, yeah. And uh, and per our last show at Last Rates at EWA Pro Wrestling, Harambe, uh, that was soiled by TJ Sykes because he dressed up in a Harambe costume. But Harambe got about 12,000 write-in votes. So, But Harambe didn't win either. No. It was actually uh, Mr. Trump. Yes. Donald Trump. WWE Hall of Famer. Donald Trump. The Donald now, there was a lot of controversy. WWE has a guy in the White House. Th- that's right. <laughs> and that's right. And they do. And uh, it is, we're not going to get into that. How about that, that for a finish? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a finish. And that was a false finish, too, because I believe Hillary won the popular vote, but Trump won the Electoral College. Yes. Vote. So, if you looked at that map, the, we're not going to talk a lot about politics on this one, but if you looked at that map, red was Trump, blue was Hillary. There was a lot of red. On that map. Absolutely. So, I mean, there were some bigger states with some other people with the blue, but uh, you're wearing blue today. Are you a, a Clinton supporter? Um, we didn't get know, into that. Yeah, we didn't get into it. Honestly, I didn't really... I, I didn't vote, so I'll, I'll just go ahead and put that out there. I didn't vote. I didn't do my civic duty. Um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Clinton, and I wasn't a huge fan of Trump, so I just neglected to do anything. Well, you know what? That's okay. I... I didn't really have an opinion one way or the other. It was a big slash media fest from beginning to end. It still is. People are moving to Canada now. Uh, people are upset. Yeah, I heard, There's I heard rioting. Their site got like it, it like crashed the night that Trump won. Yeah. It it sure did, and this is going to go on for a little while. You know, there's just a lot of protesting going on. Uh, What you got? I will say this, and I mean about the protest, and I'll comment on that. I I don't, I don't mind that people protest. I think it's you know everybody's right as long as it stays. uh, Peaceful. You know, it it definitely should stay peaceful. Um, It should. I think that the best thing, um, you know, to do for a mindset is to not just go into it with a negative mindset, but to, like, you know, let's give Trump a chance, at least. Um, Because, you know, people, Trump talked a lot about what he's going to do, like every politician does. Like, we know the game. Everybody grows up in America. All these politicians, they talk about how many things they're going to do when they get in there and what happens. They get in, and a lot of stuff doesn't get done. And why is that? Because, they're not kings and queens. They have people that they have to go through, as in Congress. And right. not every not every idea that they've spoke about on the uh, campaign trail, Congress is going to put through. So, you know, with that being said, you know, I can imagine there are a lot of things that Trump talked about he would like to do that just wouldn't happen because, you know, logically Congress isn't going to, like, push this stuff through. So, you know, we'll give it a chance. We'll see what happens. We'll give it a chance. You know, we got a figurehead for the next four years, Donald J. Trump. You know, when will he uh, bring out his first public firing? When is it going to be like the Celebrity Apprentice or the Electoral Apprentice? Who knows what's going to happen? But, I mean, we live in the U.S. of A. We, we, this is what we got to do. So we'll do what we can to live our daily lives the best that we can. And hopefully Trump and Congress and everybody will do the same thing. And for, maybe, the, 
best right, right. You know, for what's right. And maybe in the future we can get him to see the WWE Hall of Famer on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> we still got to get Nikolai Volkov WWE right. Hall of Famer on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. I'm still a fan of that. However, uh, we could have them both on here. Now, uh, speaking about the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, you know, last time we did have Storm Cruise 16, and now they are effectively known as Storm Cruise 2020 <laughs> uh, because they, they changed that over just about immediately when the election was over. Well, they are persistent. That's good to know. They are persistent. <laughs> and we've had a lot of great guests on here in six, seven months we've been doing this. been a lot of great interviews. You know, we've had a lot of great conversations about pro wrestling and other things in general, but we've had a lot of great interviews. What do you think? Now, our interviews are great. Um, I love talking to the EWA pro wrestlers. I can't wait to get more of them. We still have more to come. We absolutely do. A lot of people do. we haven't interviewed yet. So um, it's always great to talk to, you know, find out what they're doing, how they came into the business, uh, EWA. And then, you know, a lot of them we come and we talk about, right, you know, TNA, WWE. So always love the conversation with those guys. It's great conversations. Now, on the back when of we're what not we getting just invaded. said. Well, this is right. I was about to mention that. When we're not getting invaded, you know, sometimes we invite the guests, sometimes they just show up on their own. So, with that being said, let's talk about today's podcast. Today we're going to talk about Survivor Series, which is coming up shortly, depending on when you're listening to this, or maybe have just happened. We're going to talk about NXT Toronto, which, again, same thing, may have just happened or happened shortly thereafter. Now, but we also have a guest and I know I ran this by you. I don't know if we finalized this, but I want to let you know what's going on here. Calling in today, invited by Dirty Ugly Wrestling, is going to be the show Mr. Jones. Now, he is a part of the Supremacy in EWA Pro Wrestling. Supremacy is definitely not a group that we support. Um, however, the show Mr. Jones, he's come into the company you've seen him sort of from his beginning you know running around interfering in every match that he could before supremacy came around and then he kind of does the same thing with supremacy but there's something about this kid i don't think he's a leader he's more of a follower i think he was you know there's a bandwagon there he's trying to break into the ewa pro wrestling break into the business this is how he's going to make his name so there's something about him that doesn't say i would kick Ray C. Hawkins in the face. You know what I mean? He was a part of that, but I would think he wouldn't do it, but he followed the group. So, with your permission, Big Ugly, I would like the show, Mr. Jones, to have that call in, to have a conversation with us, and we're going to talk to him about supremacy in EWA Pro Wrestling, but I think we want to get under the skin of the show, Mr. Jones, a little bit. Just find out who he really is, and maybe, just maybe, you and I can be an influence to influence him in the better direction. All right, so you think, you know, this is very interesting, and definitely you have my permission, because this is an interesting take. I've never heard you actually give someone from Supremacy the benefit of the doubt. You got super kicked by, by TJ. By TJ, right? But um, this is, I mean, this is interesting. So we definitely got to have him on, and you think we can have an influence. Let's see. I think we can. Uh, for the better part of our podcast, there have been a lot of people that have been hitting the like button, hitting the share button. And not only just because it's supremacy, but it's because it's the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. I think there is a base to this guy. I think there's an inside that generally loves professional wrestling. And I do not agree with what he's doing right now with the supremacy. But I think there's a lot of potential there. And if we can help steer him in the right direction, fantastic. I do not like him, per se. I do not respect what he is doing. But... He's had a lot of great matches, and you've seen some of them. Yeah, he's great. Um, he's a cruiserweight. I always love watching cruiserweights compete. Um, 
I love the finish. I love that the frog splash he does. So I'm interested to talk to him. Like I said, like you said, I'm not much of a fan. I'm not much of a fan of supremacy. So his involvement in, I can't be much of a fan of him. But we'll see what he says. And he's out there doing whatever he's doing with supremacy. So I think we have a limited amount of time to talk to him. But we'll do our own talking on this podcast. But we'll have the interview coming up. First part of this podcast, our next part of this podcast, with the show Mr. Jones from EWA Pro Wrestling. And uh, we're also going to talk about some other things. And real quick in this intro, I want to touch on uh, something that I got to be involved with yesterday. Um, UFC 205 from Madison Square Garden, the mecca of all of sports and entertainment. Um, I, I just got to say, I was in the building. I, I was watching the fights I saw the blood, I heard the cheers, I had a good time. Man, I was going to ask if we could touch on this and not act like it didn't happen, man. I'm not going to act like his, it didn't happen. History was made last night, the first time UFC entered New York in Madison Square Garden. That's right. Um, big fights on the card, and can we start with the number one standout, the fact that Misha Tate went head-to-head with Raquel Pennington and lost... To someone that was on the show, the uh, UFC fighter. Yep, the Ultimate Fighter. Ultimate right? Fighter, yeah. So she lost, and then decided to retire after the loss. What did you think about that? I was shocked, but then once it actually happened, I was not so shocked because I think we had talked about this offline when Tate lost her title. Uh, she basically, it, it's not like, I don't know if the passion wasn't there, the heart, the drive, the fire wasn't there. She's still a fantastic fighter and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, fight her any day because she would beat me and I would be okay with that. But I was, you know, she just retired. I didn't know if she was going to call out Ronda Rousey if she won and, and because Rousey's fighting on December 30th and will that be her last fight? We don't know, but, uh, very shocking, but history was made right there. History was made. Um, I would say I- Tate has already lost to Ronda. How many times? Twice? Twice. Twice? Yeah. I, honestly, I wouldn't have been interested to see that fight. Tate is my girl. I'm tired of watching her get beat up, so I'm kind of glad that she's retiring because it hurts me. It pains me to see her take those take those hits. She was but, very gracious in defeat, though. Yes. She was very gracious in defeat. Then there was a lot of blood being spilled. Chris Weidman got completely busted open against Romero. And uh, that was every fight on the main card, except for the main event, went the distance. Uh, A fantastic fight. Um, I I cannot believe uh, some of the blood that was spilled and some of these matches weren't stopped. I'm glad that Weidman lost, only because I still hold a grudge against him for taking the championship away from Anderson Silva. So... I don't care about him. Did you not respect that, though, when he beat Anderson Silva? I did not respect that oh, at all. Oh, <laughs> okay. I, I didn't realize you yeah. were such a Silva supporter. Yeah, um, But I, I like Anderson Silva as well. But that was a great fight. And I'll tell you another great fight, another woman's match on the card. I'm going to mess these names completely up. But Joanna... Jer- Jeter Shishke. Exactly. Both Poland ladies. Joanna and Karolina Kabalevich. Uh, wow, that was a fantastic fight, too. Went the distance. Great fight. Um, and not a, not a whole lot of blood, but I, I got to tell you, Carolina um, definitely stepped up, and she she had her game in there. But that was a great fight, back and forth. Um, champion retained her title. Um, there was no new champion in that match, um, so there was only one new champion crowned, and he is uh, now a two time two time. He's a double a champion. double champion. I don't mean to skip over a fight, but we're gonna go back to it because I think that was the best fight on the card. That's why we're gonna talk about it last. So Eddie Alvarez. Going up again to Philadelphia native, not only 90 minutes from where Madison Square Garden, getting booed out of the building 
going up against Conor McGregor, came over from the sea talking all that trash, and uh, he knocked him out within two two rounds. Two. And, the, I, and he got knocked down a few times in the first round. Who's that? Eddie Alvarez. Yes. Oh, yes. That left hand of McGregor yeah. just was yeah. not stopping. And we thought that after the first knockdown, there was going to be stopped, but it was not stopped. He got back up. I was like, good for Alvarez. He's going to fight back. Made it to the second round. Couple more left hands. Nope. Done. Done. All done. And the only thing, and this is the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, so I'm not going to say exactly what Conor McGregor said when he got on the microphone after that match was over, but you can know it had the F word in it several times. He was like, where's my belt? Where's my other belt? Where's my second belt? And Joe Rogan trying to interview him, and all he keeps on saying is, where's my second belt? I earned my second belt. I'm like, you really? <laughs> right. Are you serious? I um, don't, you know, the funny thing is a lot of people like Conor McGregor, and it's like, you would think that somebody as cocky and as he is and as arrogant as he is that, you know, people might be like, man, I can't stand this guy. Like, if you look at Floyd Mayweather in boxing, it was the polar opposite. Like, people wanted to see Floyd Mayweather lose because of how cocky and arrogant he is. Right. But you have Conor McGregor, and it's like the people love him for some reason. It's crazy. He's like the Stone Cold Steve Austin of the UFC, you know, back in the Attitude Era. That's why people are responding to him, because he's so outlandish and so real, and he can use those, you know, F-words and those expletives, and people love that. And he was he was more over than anything, anybody. Yeah. Um, but before we go off this topic, I do want to talk about um, the semi-co-main event. I think this was the, the best match on the night. Tyron Woodley, the champion of the strawweight division, taking on Steven Thompson. This match was awesome. This match should have been stopped in the fourth round because uh, Woodley had, had the ups on him. You know, he had him knocked down. He was hammer-fisting him. You know, that match should have been stopped. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. so... Herb Dean blew that. Uh, you know, that should have been stopped. But, in the end, Woodley did win by a majority. Now, I want to get this A majority right. draw. A majority draw. So, so, it is a draw, but it's... A draw. Woodley walked out with the title. It is a draw. Majority draw. Two judges picked the same fighter as the winner. Final judge says the fight was a draw. Now, my, uh, yeah, Michael Buffer. Bruce Buffer messed this up. He actually went out of the cage to check the decision to make sure he was right. He came back in the cage and he said it was a split decision. Wrong. It was not. It was a majority decision. Either way... The points stayed the same. It was like 47-47, 47-47, and 48-47. I mean, it was that close. That fight was fantastic. And Thompson, I, I got to say, he earned his stripes in that one. He didn't. He never backed down. He never. And Woodley fights with his back up against the cage half the time anyway. But, I mean, Thompson never backed down. That was a great fight. It was great. Um, did you see the drama unfold between Conor McGregor and Tyron Woodley before UFC 205. Um, you know, I, I, I heard about it, but I okay. didn't see it. And I know I know yeah. it's online, so I got to check it out. Yeah, you got to check it out, man. It, like, uh, you know, Woodley comes in where Gregor, McGregor is, and, you know, they don't have any beef. So Woodley says, what's up to McGregor? McGregor just stares him down, man. He just looks at him like he's small. So then Woodley starts noticing and starts staring back at him. So then they have, like, a little Twitter war, um, but... I don't know. Mm. I think it might be a little dangerous for Connor to be barking up that, that tree. But. Well, Connor's barking up a couple trees. Uh, you know, we were going to take a small break, but you know what? We got a call in coming right now, and I believe I know who this is. So let me answer this phone. So we got the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast here, and uh, we do have an invited call in, and that invited call in 
Supremacy member, EWA Pro Wrestling, the show Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones, are you there? Hello, good sir, Mikey D. How are we doing today? Uh, uh, we, we're doing good here at the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, and, and how are you today? I am doing just well today. You caught me in a great mood, so I'm doing great today. See, and this is something that I wanted, we were talking about this right before you called in. This is the show, Mr. Jones. Uh, this is a Supremacy member, EWA Pro Wrestling. And there, here's a guy with a lot of potential. Now, I don't like, I don't, I don't like you. I mean, I'm going to put this out. I love out. you, though. I, see, on. that's the thing. I, you always smiling at me and waving at me. And, I, you know, I don't know if this is just you being you or if there is just a possibility here. So, uh, Big Ugly, so welcome if, this man. If you, if you like Mikey D, why'd you let him get super kicked, man? Hey. Hey, man. It, it happens. Things happen. I have no control over what TJ wanted to do, okay? It's, he was angry. What do you expect? Well, here, here's here's my point on that. You have no control over that. So, you are a member of the Supremacy. You are a follower right now by nature. I, I see there's an opportunity in you for to be a leader. Um, I see there's an opportunity in you for more than what you're doing right now. Instead of just interfering in matches and causing controversy. Because... We were talking about this, Big Ugly and I. You have had some of the best matches on EWA Pro Wrestling cards. So you have a lot of... I want to hear how you, you know, what what is what do you feel your role is in EWA Pro Wrestling right now? Well, I am the next best thing of EWA. Um, just because I'm part of Supremacy doesn't mean I'm not a leader. Y'all tend to not realize that Supremacy is not one person leading this. This is a family and it's a family unit. There is no one leader. Yeah, there may be a heavyweight champion who is the head of EWA, but there's no leader. We are a family. We are a tight-knit group, okay? A tight-knit group that is imploding from the inside because you have the heavyweight championship strap being changed from TJ Sykes to hashtag Pat Anthony, and uh, the Dark Horses have a lot of people coming after them for the tag team championships. You see this implosion happening, don't you? What implosion are you talking about? TJ was a little angry that he lost the championship. Pat got kicked in the face. We all saw it happen. We we talked about it after. There was an apology. We're good to go. There's no implosion at all. There was a minor little minor little hiccup. That was it. So are you saying that there's no jealousy right now on the part of TJ? TJ is not jealous. TJ does not need to be jealous. Like I said, he was a little upset. That Pat won because he wanted to keep that championship and keep that record-setting reign going on. But it was things happened. I mean, that was out of our control. Pat was right there. He was the only one to get the belt. We kept it in the family of supremacy. So I don't see how that's a bad, bad, bad thing. Like I said, TJ was a little upset. It happened. I mean, if you guys go back and know my history with TJ, we fought before. But look at us now. We're family. It's all good. We're family. Well, we have talked a lot about supremacy on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. I want to switch gears a little bit. This is why uh, we invited you on the show. We wanted to talk to you now, specifically you. As I said, you've had some of the best matches on the card. um, And some of those recent matches have been with the 
legendary super cruiserweight, the only four-time cruiserweight champion in EWA history, and that is Wes Mercer, and we've had him on the podcast before too. So talk to me about that. Talk to me about your experiences taking on Wes Mercer, who actually has absolutely no affiliation whatsoever, it seems. No supremacy, no EWA pro wrestling. He's out for himself. Uh, Tell me about that. You know, Wes, he brought some stuff out of me that, you know, that that last man standing match I had with him, I, I gave him props. That was a war. He he did things that he didn't think he was going to have to do. He almost broke my ribs to take me out. So I, I give him respect because that's something I would have done myself to try and win or keep his championship in his case. He is, a, he is a legendary super cruiserweight. He is a four-time cruiserweight champion for a reason. And I might have taken him just a little bit lightly, and he got the best of me. But, you know, like I said before, my mouth sometimes gets me in trouble. And, you know, I thought I, thought I had it down. I thought I had him right where I needed him to be, and I got a little cocky, and I just I got, I got ahead of myself. And what happened? He did the same thing I would have done. He took advantage of a mistake in a situation, and he capitalized on it. Did you hear that, Big Ugly? He gave somebody else props. So he's showing respect to somebody else other than his family, the supremacy. You heard that, right? I, I heard it. I heard it. I can't believe it. So now, after uh, losing that match, what do you think you have to do going forward to take that belt away from Wes Mercer? I've, I've been in the lines of with him. I know what he's capable of. So the next time we face... And Wes Mercer, I know you will listen to this. Next time we face, it's going to be a completely different story. I know what you're fully capable of now. I know all your little tricks. I know everything that you have in your bag of tricks. It, it, it will definitely be a different outcome. And you would be looking at the next EWA Cruiserweight Champion if I ever get another shot. Which I will. Guarantee, mark my words, I will get another shot. But when it happens, I'm, I'm bringing the gold home. This is one of the championships that Supremacy has not been able to get their hands on. And you have been yes. the one going out. Yes, that's that's right. You've been the one going out there trying to get this championship for the Supremacy. Now that you are, I would say, failing your family, is that correct? Because you're not bringing the championship back to the Supremacy that they're basically expecting of you? Would that Look cause controversy? Look the pot. Look at you staring it's the pot the, again. It's a, it's a, it's a question, a legitimate question. Okay, I just want to let you know that, no, the Supremacy is not angry at me because I didn't get the Cruiserweight Championship yet. They were just upset with me because, like I said, I, my mouth gets ahead of me sometimes, and they, they told me, like, Joe, chill, just, just get the job done. And I'm like, nah, I got this, I got this, but made the mistake. But no, there's no one's angry at me. They're just like, yo, just, just get the job done next time, which will happen. So they've been kind of bullying you into getting a job done? Uh, I mean, is this is this really how family goes? Why are you stirring the pot again? I didn't say anything about bullying. <laughs> they, have you ever had, has, has your mother or father ever been disappointed at you because you said something you shouldn't have said or you just did something you didn't? But they weren't angry. They're just, I'm disappointed at you. Do better next time. That's it. 
I, I hear you you have, you know, and this is another reason why you wanted wanted you on the podcast. You definitely have a voice. And that voice sometimes is loud and sometimes it does get you into trouble, as you've said. But let's let's talk about it this way. You know, you are at heart, at base, at, at you know, you are a fan of professional wrestling. You obviously have a passion for the business. Let's put the supremacy stuff aside for a second. Tell me, tell the big ugly, tell dirty ugly wrestling how you got into this business because if I if I know a little bit more about you, maybe there is something you know further from you that we can expect past supremacy, past uh, all this going on. How did you get into the business? Well, actually, I love telling this story. Fun fact: Do you all know who Mia Yim or AKA Jade now is? That's who she uh, performs as now. Yes, I'm absolutely. Sure she is on uh, Impact TNA. Uh, yes, absolutely. Funny story is, I went to high school with her. We were friends from about sophomore year and on, and it wasn't one of those like, oh, we're best friends kind of thing. Is she knew I liked wrestling? I knew she liked wrestling. We didn't hang out all the time, but when we were in school, we'd always talk about it. No matter what, if we were just, you know, we had five ten minutes, we we're like, yo, did you see what happened last night? Yeah. So we always talked about it. Fast forward to after we graduated. You know, I was just kind of just hanging around, not doing much. And I just happened to get on Facebook. I saw a picture of her doing a moonsault and, and training. And I'm like, wait, time, time, time out. Is, is this around me? So I immediately I contacted her, and she got me hooked up with the school she was training at, which was only about 45 minutes to my from my house over in Manassas. Um, they, they don't run training anymore, but they still do uh, shows every once in a blue moon. It's kind of uh, Keep Your Dreams Alive, I believe is what it stands for. That's where I originally started training right there. Mm-hmm. But uh, fast forward, like maybe a year, that school shut down, and I couldn't find another school to train in. And then I want to say in 2011, I found one up in uh, Maryland, which I started training. And ever since then, it's just been been my life because I love this. As you said, I, I do have a passion for this business. I love this business. And that's 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 pretty cool to hear that story coming up. And and, and Jade is uh, on television as of now. She's still a shout a great... out to Jade. That's my, that's my girl. There's a shout out. See more props, more respect being given. So there's something more to this show, Mr. Jones. I think there's there's more to the show uh, than we know of. And, and I want you to ask your uh, favorite question there, Big Ugly. Yeah, man. Before I ask my favorite question, so you you, you called him the show. How did you get the name, the show, Mr. Jones? Sounds like uh, when I think of it. Makes me think of the showstopper, Shawn Michaels. Was there any correlation there? Well, if you haven't noticed that on my on my chest, I have the exact same tattoo that Shawn Michaels has on his arm. So Shawn Michaels is pretty much the only reason why I ever wanted to step in the ring. He is my idol right there, and he is the showstopper. Now, fast forward to today's current wrestling. Uh, my favorite, by far favorite wrestler is Dolph Ziggler. And they call him the show off. And funny, fun fact, I once got a black Ziggler chant at one show. It was amazing. <laughs> um, um, so I kind of wanted to put those two together because I kind of mirrored both of their styles. And I thought of, well, Shawn Michaels is the showstopper. Dolph Ziggler is the show off. Why don't I just be the show? And everything revolves around me because I am the whole damn show. The show doesn't start until I walk through that curtain. So you are the star of Supremacy. 
Yes. <laughs> ah. and you don't don't even try to stir the pot because if you ask TJ, Grizzly, Pat, or Tomahawk, they would say the same thing. All right. Well, I do. I do want. So I always ask this question. So you know, one of the things you learn when you get into wrestling business is you know you gotta learn how to take a bump. What was it like when you took your first bump? Oh, oh, that was hell. <laughs> um, you know, you always hear that wrestling isn't what wrestling really is. That's that's further from the truth that, that anyone can even imagine. You don't know what that pain feels like until you you actually take those first couple of bumps. That first two, three weeks of me training, I was in the worst pain. I've been in last man standings. I've been in ladder matches. I've been in a steel cage match. Nothing compares to the pain of your first couple of weeks, month of training. It, they, they put you through the ringer to make sure that you can survive. And I made it through because this is what I wanted to do. You sure did, and uh, you, you mentioned steel cage matches. That's a, a pretty good segue into uh, coming up in January, January 21st, 2017, EWA's all-steel cage show. This is the only place you can see an all-steel cage show, and it's EWA Pro Wrestling Rage in a Cage, and at Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland. Hey, tickets, by the way, are on sale right now at EWAMaryland.com. But, Get your tickets. Yeah, that's right. Get your tickets. So, you know, we, we don't know exactly what's happening uh, at that show as of yet. You know, we are currently working on, uh, you know, seeing who's going to be facing who and for what. So uh, do you see yourself in that steel cage come January? I better be because I am the show. And how can you have a steel cage show without the show? Now, last year was my very first steel cage match. And let's just say I... I had a little bit more than I bargained for. I was definitely in some pain last year, but I learned I learned how to get through a steel cage match. Now it's time to win a steel cage match. So that that's where uh, the show, Mr. Joe's, he wants to take the show, show off, steal the show, all that at Rage in a Cage in January, EWA Pro Wrestling. So let's, uh, I, I, I'm assuming you're on a time crunch because the show is always on somewhere. Um... Mr. Sh- Mr. I got Jones. some time for you, though, Mikey D. Don't worry, I got some time for you. I want, I got, I got to make sure. So, uh, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, other play. You know, so you've been uh, pro wrestling, and you talked about taking the bumps over there with Big Ugly. I want to ask about your move set. You know, you are uh, basically a high flyer. You're a striker. You're, you're, you've worked the mat. You know, tell, tell me what your style, I mean, where do you feel most comfortable? I know you idolize guys like Shawn Michaels and Dolph Ziggler, but what is your style? Well, that's where you get the mix of Shawn Michaels and Dolph Ziggler. I call my style, get them down, beat them down. Because I'm a small guy. I, I can't go toe-to-toe with some of these guys that are six, five, seven feet. So my thing is, if I get them down on the mat, no matter what's my high-flying, my technical, or my brawling, if I get them down and I keep them down, they ain't going to get back up. One, two, three, it's over. I, I do the high-flying, you know, because, yeah, I like to be flashy, but my I like to stick it on the ground because once I get you down, <laughs> I'm going to beat the living crap out of you. I love to kick people in the face. I kind of get that from Jade. I just love kicking people in the face, but I've expanded that to just kicking people all around. I just love to keep people down and kick the crap out of them because my kicks, they're, they're pretty deadly. I've, uh, I've learned a few of the, 
the kicking techniques from Jade after she did some uh, Japanese tours. And, yeah, they're deadly. They're deadly. See, there's a lot more to this guy. There's a lot more to this guy, Big Ugly. Yeah, so you say that your kicks are more deadly than TJ's? Uh, I've been kicked by TJ before, and it, it's deadly. But I've never kicked myself, so I'd have to ask someone who's been kicked by me and TJ. Why don't we ask, uh, what's his name? Uh, that funky dude at that EWA. T uh, JT, ask him. Yeah, Get him on your podcast, Matt. Moore, the, yeah, and we will have him on the podcast. The uh, all-nighter party fighter from Funky Town, USA, JT. Side note. Side note. It is uh, Supremacy's favorite thing to kill JT. We love to, to beat the crap out of him. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. See, and JT is always taking the brunt of a lot of supremacy beatdowns, and and that and it's not one of the reasons I want to talk to him. He's, he's really tough. He keeps coming back for more. He's part of the EWA yes, country. He is. He, he he keeps coming back and keeps coming back. So as the as the supremacy possibly implodes from the inside, you know people that like happened. JT. He says it's never going to happen. He says it's JT Moore. It's people like Desert Storm, Apollo Crew, Storm Crew sixteen. It's people like that um, that are going to come up and band together, and it's going to outnumber supremacy eventually. So that that's another thing I want to know. I mean, is this? It for you? Are you supremacy through and through? And is that it, or is there more to the show, Mr. Jones? Just like all the other factions around, like Bullet Club, I'm supremacy for life. But Mr. Jones doesn't have have a plateau. I'm going to keep reaching and reaching and reaching until I get where I want to be, and that's the top of this business. So, and in this business, you don't make many friends, but I have my five friends. Well, four friends, technically, because well, I'm the fifth member. I have my four friends. I don't need to make any more friends. I have to make some money now and make some fame, get fame, because that's why I'm in this business. Win championships and get money. So I, I do want to ask, you know, getting to the top of the business, and you're, you know, a lot of your moveset that you're talking about tends to be more associated with the cruiserweight um, style. And so we know that the cruiserweight, you know, division was probably back, you know, for American history, was at the height back during uh, WCW days, and now we kind of see this resurgence of the cruiserweight division in WWE and, you know, with Lucha Underground. What do you think about this uh, new resurgence of the cruiserweight division? I am loving the business in 2016 right now. I love where we're going. All these things that have happened this year, besides just the cruiserweight, you would never expect it to happen this year. But the cruiserweight division has lit the biggest fire under me because I am not, I'm maybe five, ten pounds off of some of these guys on Monday Night Raw now. You know how motivating that is? You know how motivating it is to see your best friend and teenage impact every week? I'm bound for success. I'm bound for that top spot. My my thing is I just have to get on the ball and keep on keep on going to make sure I get there. The cruiserweights on Lucha Underground, WWE even the X Division and TNA, they are killing it right now. I am watching wrestling every single night, either live or on my DVR. I am paying attention to everything. I'm watching who my potential future opponents can be. I am so immersed in the world of professional wrestling right now. It is it's probably the reason why some of my non-wrestling friends are like, dude, you, you need to relax because all you do is talk about wrestling now. But I can't help it. I love it. See, he's a fan. He, he's a fan. He's a student of the game. 
And uh, that cruiserweight division, and we were talking about that before, it's the cruiserweight classic, the uh, 32-man tournament, the cruiserweight division that's now specifically on Monday Night Raw. Uh, do you have any highlights or favorites or anything? Uh, you know, you've had your Shawn Michaels and your Dolph Ziggler, but uh, how about in that division, in that part of the business? Um, my favorite cruiserweights, uh, I don't really have favorite cruiserweights because I love them all, but I mean, Billy Kidman back in, back in the day, he was, <laughs> he was so technically good and he was amazing in the high-flying stuff right there too. Low-key, by far one of the stiffest, hard-hitting uh, cruiserweights ever to grace the ring. Amazing. I love him. Um, on WWE right now, Apparently, I, I, I look like Rich Swan, so people have called him my twin, but I love him. I don't like all his dancing, because, you know, TJ used to dance like that, but then, you know, he kind of grew up, so he doesn't really dance like that anymore. Um, TJ Perkins, if I ever get in the ring with him, I'm beat the crap out of him, because his entrance is probably the most, the coolest entrance I've ever seen, besides Nakamura's entrance, because, like, I'm a huge gamer, I'm a huge cartoon guy, and as soon as he came out with that Mega Man type theme, I was like, no, I don't like you anymore. But he's awesome. He's amazing. I was a fan of the Brian Kendrick back in, before he was let go before WWE back in the day. Um, Kendrick Alexander, that match he had with Ibushi on the Cruiserweight Classic, I've watched at least 10 times because that match was magical. That's the um, one where the crowd was chanting, please sign Cedric, and Triple yeah. H actually came out to give him the, the thumbs up. I... I couldn't. I I watched that match so many times now. I love that match. Um, and that Cruiserweight Classic actually introduced me to some other cruiserweights I didn't even know about. Jack Gallagher. I had no idea who that guy was. Um, I knew of Zack Sabre Jr., but I didn't really see much of his work. It's kind of hard to find that overseas stuff online. But watching him just kill it in the Cruiserweight Classic, I thought he was going to win by far. But um, I could keep going on and on about these cruiserweights because I. They are just—they are just motivating the crap out of me right now. Let's talk about this and Big Ugly. This is this is for you too. The Cruiserweight Classic was on the WWE Network, and it seemed like all of those guys were given a lot of free reign to kind of do exactly what they wanted to do for the time allotted and to make their marks and get signed, whether it be on NXT, SmackDown, Raw, Cruiserweight, whatever it was. Um, but now that the full Cruiserweight division is on Monday Night Raw, where they get maybe a segment or two, you know, sometimes they're uh, double segments, uh, do you feel like that has changed from the Cruiserweight Classic up to the main roster? Has that actually taken away from the Cruiserweights, or is it giving them more time and more room to expand? How do you feel about that? It's, it's given them more time to expand, but I, don't, I, I noticed it, but I don't know if you all noticed it, but sometimes the WWE fans at the shows are completely different than the fans that watch the network. In my opinion, the, the new Cruiserweight 205 live show is what's needed. They need their own show, and they need the segments on Raw, because the, 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 the normal fans don't know who everyone is. Us hardcore fans, we know a good majority of these people, but I know they did a good job introducing a few of them, but if they could have introduced all of them before the whole division got good and started going... I feel like the crowd would be more into it because sometimes you watch those matches, they're dead, but the guys in the ring are just going. And you hear those hardcore fans in the crowd, and they're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, but not all of the fans understand and know who everyone is. So I feel like 
with the 205 Live Show, it's going to open up everything. And if Kalisto happens to win the Cruiserweight Championship at Survivor Series, that whole division is going over to uh, SmackDown. So whew, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, and I and I agree with that because I think you you see the same thing with NXT where those fans go crazy for those matches on NXT and then those same superstars come up to the main roster and they just don't get the same type of reaction. Um, some do, some don't. Some do, right. some don't. Yeah. Like the VOD villains. I enjoy the VOD villains. I know you don't. Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, it's it's the same thing with the Ascension. They were dominant in NXT for about a year, year and a half. They came up and, you know, there's really not much for them on the on the main roster. It's going to be a different dynamic. It's a different crowd. Yeah. And, and as Mr. Jones, the show, just said, it's a different uh, dynamic if you're watching the network or if you're in, you know, the uh, Full Sail Live, Full Sail University or whatever it is. Or if you're in a 15,000-seat arena or at a, a major pay-per-view or something like that. So... This new network uh, special for the Cruiserweights, I'm really looking forward to that. And um, do we see, you know, the Cruiserweight Championship go there, uh, whether it be on Raw, SmackDown, or do we just see all of these Cruiserweights competing in matches such as the Cruiserweight Classic, which was fantastic? Where do you, fi- where do you think this goes, show, uh, show? See, I like them being on Raw because they have the extra hour. So it's not really taken away from too much. Um... I have noticed, because I would say this personally, SmackDown has been killing Raw since the brand, the brand split. Absolutely. So, I, I feel like if they go to SmackDown, it's just going to be just a little too much, because SmackDown has it perfect, where everyone's getting their time, everyone's being able to, to speak. But if they throw the division, the Cruiserweight division, everyone's time's going to get cut back, and they're not going to be fully invested in the Cruiserweight. Now, mind you, I know the 205 Live show is right after SmackDown, but just, I feel like putting all that division on SmackDown is just going to be too much. I mean, maybe if they could split the division between all the shows, because if the Cruiserweights, I feel like they could go to every show. That's what I feel like personally. Um, but you never know what's going to happen. I feel like I feel like they're going to stay on Raw because there's more time. I agree with that. There's more time, and if they're going to continue to change the lighting and the ropes and the, and the, the mat and everything like that, they're going to need more time to have those down segments like the uh, the video segments or something like that so they can change everything over and then change everything back. If they only have a two-hour live show, that's going to be a little challenging. Um, but, so, that, that does some interesting stuff about the Cruiserweight division. We, we, we have never really got into depth like that. That's cool. See, the show Mr. Jones has potential after all. I like that. Um, oh, thanks. Well, see, and he's a nice guy. Look at that. <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll see when it comes rage in the cage and what part he plays with supremacy and everything like that. Uh, Big ugly. Um, do you have any last uh, things here for Mister uh, the Show, Mister Jones, before we uh, ask him his final question? So, I mean, uh, for for you, Mister Jones, I do have one last question for you. you. Know, you seem like a pretty ambitious guy. You know, you talk about getting to the top. Uh, sometimes to get to the top, you gotta you know, shed some of that, that weight, some of those people in your life that may hold you back. Are you prepared to do that? Is that what you're trying to say when it comes to the supremacy? Is that to get to the top, you might have to leave some of them behind? I'm going to say this. Supremacy is for life. No matter where we go, we are a family. If somehow TJ goes on this side of the United States, the horses go somewhere else, and I'm somewhere else, we're still supremacy. We're still family. No matter what we need to do to get to the top, it's going to happen. He's confident. He's confident. 
Okay. Well, I'll I tell you what, this has been a, a pretty good conversation, and uh, I want to thank you for uh, coming on to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. I know uh, the Supremacy definitely has had their mark on the podcast. Uh, I will definitely uh, share it out there in the world and, and when we when we get the podcast up. And feel free to share your story with the world because I think people would be interested to know and interested to see where your career goes from here. Um, I appreciate that you have not kicked me in the face. Um, I have been kicked in the face by TJ, and that hurts. So you know what that feels like. Anyway. Yes, I, I, I really do. And do. Uh, But it, it's, it's not about that. It's about what you can do to get to where you want to be. And, you know, you are an interesting addition to EWA Pro Wrestling, to say the least. Can I ask you to tell the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast listeners where they can find the show Mr. Jones, uh, how to follow, how to like on social media or whatnot? Yep, I got one one media follow, one thing for everything. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's at Heel Show Joe. Heel as in H-E-E-L as in a bad guy? Yes, sir, because I don't care. I don't like anyone, so that's what I got to do. You said you liked me at the beginning of this phone call. I do like you, Mikey. You are, you've you been very respectful today, and I do like you. It's just the way you sometimes... Uh, talk about supremacy makes me angry with you. Do you understand like, I why not... I got kicked in the face by TJ? He kicked a crippled guy in the face and knocked him out of his wheelchair. You we, know, okay, th- we we only went over that. Okay, he was <laughs> in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mikey D, you disrespected TJ. You haven't disrespected me, so I haven't had to kick you in the face. Oh well. So I got. I guess I got to look out for that. I got to watch what I do and say around you. If you respect us, we respect you. If you disrespect us, we disrespect you. Plain and simple. I've never had a problem with the show, Mr. Jones, personally. Uh, As I said, there's a lot of potential there, and I certainly hope you do come out of this supremacy funk, this family funk that you're in. Hopefully one day you will see past that, and then you'll be able to strive higher and go into uh, more deep, uh, detailed situations with EWA Pro Wrestling. But you know what? What you're doing is cool. Big Ugly, you got anything more for... uh, the show. I think we got we covered it all. We right? covered everything. Hey, man. Mr. Jones, uh, thank you again for taking time out of your uh, busy day to uh, talk with us, and we will see you down the road at uh, EWA Rage in the Cage on January twenty first of two thousand seventeen. Yes, sir, and I appreciate the invite this time. I didn't have to hack your show, but I appreciate the invite. Well, thank you very much. The show, Mr. Jones, taking it out. Thank you, sir. Peace out. This is Dirty Mike, a.k.a. Mikey D, the voice of Maryland, and I'd like to invite you to the Pain Factory EWA Pro Wrestling Training Facility, 1113 North Point Road in Dundalk, Maryland, for free tryouts to be in the pro wrestling business. We also have pro wrestling birthday parties for all ages. For all that and more EWA Pro Wrestling info, contact us at 443-858-2755. Find us, like us, follow us, and join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and EWAMaryland.com. We're back. On the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name, Dirty Mike. And I am the Big Ugly. And we were just talking to the show, Mr. Jones. How do you feel that conversation went, Big Ugly? A very good conversation. Um, I think this is, well, we got to talk to Jason Drake, so it's always good to get um, another viewpoint on the Cruiserweight division. You know, like we talked about, we're really seeing this resurgent in the Cruiserweight. Cruiserweight division always been one of my favorites to watch, so, um, you know, it's good. Um we also got to talk to the legendary super cruiserweight Wes Mercer. Yes, we did. Yeah, so absolutely. we've had a yeah, lot so of the cruiserweight had some people. Cruiserweights on here. Yes, 
It's a great division, and uh, I look forward to seeing a lot of the the, the things that uh, the show Mr. Jones was talking about, the new Network Live special and where they go on Raw and or SmackDown or pay-per-views. Now, uh, speaking of pay-per-views and such, again, when you're listening to this, uh, shortly before or shortly after will be Survivor Series weekend, which will be NXT Toronto and also Survivor Series. So I know we talked about this briefly in other podcasts, but let's, uh, let's go over NXT, shall we? Let's talk about uh, NXT TakeOver Toronto. Now, um, there should be a lot of good things happening. It should It's a stacked card uh, from bottom to top. We got Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10, taking on Bobby Roode, which should be an excellent one-on-one contest. We do have the finals of the Dusty Roods um, Tag Team Classic, which is the second year that this has happened, which is fantastic. Got TM61, an up-and-coming team, taking on the Authors of Pain, managed by Paul Ellering, uh, former manager of the Road Warriors. These guys are big, and these guys are they're dirty and they're ugly. Yes, they are. You know, the thing is, is I have not been watching as much NXT, and I think I said this the last time, as I should have. So, But I know the Authors of Pain, those are those big guys that wear the black tanks, right? They look like they're straight out of like special ops or something. Exactly. Okay, yeah, so... I mean, I'm going to just say that they're probably going to win this match. They very well yeah. could. Uh, and they're getting a big push. They're getting a push, um, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, dominantly, physically, you know, they cannot be beat, at least at this point. But we will definitely see. We got Asuka defending the women's championship against Mickey James. And I know we had a long conversation about that last time. Yes. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I mean, obviously, I mean, the clear winner here is definitely Asuka. I mean, Mickey James is probably coming back to do a one-off, you know, nostalgia in Toronto doing something different. Um, Oscar's still undefeated, right? Yep. As of now, she sure yeah. is. So and, is it going to be Mickey James, the one-off that's going to beat her and take her title? I don't uh, think no, so. No, I doubt it. Yeah. So, but we need some women in the NXT division to come up. Uh, they're trying to make a new crop of superstars. They need that to be uh, more focused on as it was when Charlotte and Bailey and all them women were there. Yeah, you definitely see the impact of them taking those women up to the main roster. The the women's roster on NXT just isn't what it used to be. And that's why, honestly, I'm wondering who's going to be that woman that's going to take the belt away from Asuka. Because, honestly, I thought it might be Nia Jax, but they went ahead and pulled her up pretty quickly. Um, right, and, and I thought you know that it might be her. You know, she's a very dominant figure, but yeah, I'm interested to see um, where they do because eventually they got to put Oscar up on the main roster, which Absolutely. I look forward to. Um, but you got to have somebody, somebody got to take her that can, spot, right? That can take her spot, and Absolutely. I don't think they have that right now. And that's what we were talking about when all these guys, Finn Balor went up, and and uh, you know the men, you know who's going to take that spot? Samoa Joe right now, Shinsuke Nakamura, you know Bobby Roode, Austin Aries. There's a lot of people there that can uh, fight for that main single spot. So that's pretty cool. And speaking of which, um, we'll just talk about that because it's going to be uh, Samoa Joe uh, defending, um, actually, I'm sorry, challenging for the championship against Shinsuke Nakamura. And this has become very personal. There's been you know injuries back and forth. There's been uh, smack talk back and forth. I'm really looking forward to this match again. This should be a great match. Um, do you think Joe takes the title on this? Does Joe go over against Shinsuke? It's interesting because it depends on if this is the basically the blow off of the feud or is this continue down the road. Uh, if it is the blow off, if if it is done, I see either Samoa Joe winning 
and Shinsuke moving on to push other people in NXT or possibly come up. But we've been talking about Samoa Joe coming up for a while. So, you know, can Shinsuke retain and Samoa Joe go up and make his debut, say, in the Royal Rumble, make his way towards WrestleMania? Possibilities, right? Yeah, possibilities. Uh, question, is Shinsuke undefeated? Shinsuke is not undefeated. He's not undefeated. Okay. No, I don't believe so. So, here's my thing about Joe. I, bu- I feel like they want to bring Joe up, but I feel like they're not going to bring Joe up because, once again, it goes back to the women's division. Who do you have down there that's going to be that flagship person? You know, NXT is their own brand. They've got to have people that's going to drive those house shows that they're doing when they're traveling on the road. Right. That's going to bring people to come out and see him. Samoa Joe is a big name. They bring him up. I mean, who are you really left with? I mean, Well, again, you know, you got your Austin Aries, you got your Bobby Roode. But Austin Aries is injured. From Shinsuke, uh, he, he just got surgery. He's out for, like, what, six months, they said? He's out for, well, he's got a big uh, yeah. issue with his, his eye. eye. But, I mean, like that could broken. be something, right. But that could be something down the road where Shinsuke and Austin have a reason now, more of a reason to get into a feud, possibly. Yeah, possibly, yeah. But, and, you know, Austin Aries is going to come back. You know, absolutely. He'll come back eventually. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, again, we could foreshadow out to see who's going to take what spot. But the WWE is always moving, always constantly changing. There's so much content, which we we're going to which we're gonna get into again. But uh, I don't know. I'm just really looking forward to this show because this show has a lot of end-all, be-all possibilities. Uh, also, possibilities looking forward to the future. So another one I wanted to talk about is the Tag Team Championship. And this is why I left this for last, because I think this one could steal the show as it has before. Um, it won't be the main event more than likely because they do have the Dusty Classic and they do have the title, the, uh, the NXT title. But DIY, do it yourself. Um, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano taking on the revival of Dash and Dawson. Oh, my. Yeah, these two teams have met before, and it has been classic. Classic I, written all over I, I must need to go back and watch it. I've not seen these two go at it before. You so need to check it out. It's been match. on a... A takeover before for the tag team titles, actually. And uh, it was just unbelievable. So, this match has been talked about as being something that all of the NXT Performance Center students should be watching. Uh, It has got a lot of hits and a lot of runs on the network and on YouTube. And it's just these four guys together just make magic. It's magic. I I thought, you know, I was was very satisfied with the matches that Dash and Dawson were having with American Alpha. As was I. Yeah, so if these matches are like you say, then, yeah, I got to watch it. I'm excited for these guys to come up to the main roster because I think you put these guys, Dash and Dawson, against, you know, the other tag teams that have come up, you're, you know, well, it could be Enzo and Cass, could be like, you know, American Alpha, but I think, you know, it'd be pretty good. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And as we're talking about uh, moving over, we're going to talk about Survivor Series. Now, the first thing I want to talk to you about Survivor Series is about, this is something I just read earlier today. Survivor Series is going to be a six-hour show. Um, oh gosh, now, no! <laughs> so, th- and th- this is what uh, I'm reading. So, Survivor Series is going to have a pre-show. It's going to be from five to seven, from what I understand, and then seven to eleven is going to be the main card. Now, granted, there's a lot going on in Survivor Series, but it's too much content. It's just way too much. And we were talking about this with the show, Mr. Jones. they got a uh, Cruiserweight Live special coming up. They've got NXT on Wednesday nights. They've got 24-7 of content, so they can use it anytime they want. But, man, these 
and the pay-per-views you get with the network, so cost-wise, it's not a big deal. But time-wise, it's just too much content. It's too much content. I think we, you know, we kind of covered this a little bit. I think that the issue is that when you take somebody like a Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon looks at wrestling as like a sole source of entertainment for a lot of people. Now, there are a lot of diehard wrestling fans out there, but wrestling, even to diehard fans, can get oh, it can get overwhelming. But I, I think that that's what they don't get. They should still treat it like something special. Mm-hmm. Because that's with any show. Like, think about your favorite show. If you just watched it all the time, like every single day, eventually it wouldn't have that feeling right. to it. You know what I mean? And so, I, but I don't think they realize that. Like, like you said, it's overwhelming. You already have all these other original content shows on a network. Then you have all these pay-per-views. It's like double the pay-per-views now because of the brands. Then you're doing pay-per-views that are six hours long it yeah it's, it's getting to be a bit much i think that they need to you know pull back a bit now i heard i was reading that they're thinking about cutting out some of the pay-per-views for 2017 that might be the case uh, i know they've been trying to jam-pack so many of them in there's been 17 or so slated pay-per-views which is crazy um but they may be trying to cut back because if you have all this content raw smackdown and even network live specials you are going to just oversaturate. So you need something to build to, something to build to. And if you have the brand splits and you have Raw going every maybe eight weeks and SmackDown doing every eight weeks, and you got the big four, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, WrestleMania, sort of making them joint shows between Raw and SmackDown, that might be a little better. And you'll get maybe 12 pay-per-views, one per month. You get a Raw, you get a SmackDown, you get a big four. Raw, SmackDown, big four. You know what I mean? And that's what I would like. You know, going back to the Survivor Series, I will say that I... It's too much, obviously, the the time length. But I think that this is the Survivor Series that may kind of revive Survivor Series in a sense. Because I think, you know, it's always been known as one of the big four. But I feel like it really hasn't had the impact that it used to back in the day. It didn't. But with this card and the fact that they split the brands and this is going to be the first pay-per-view with the brands coming together, I think that this could be a great Survivor Series. And, of course... You got the big the big match with Lesnar and Goldberg. Lesnar so, and Goldberg. Yeah. Again. They're going to get a lot of buys for this pay-per-view, man. A lot of people are going to want to see Goldberg coming back. That's big. This is huge. You're going to have a lot of people signing up for the network. Uh, you know, you get the first month free. I, I'm sorry. We're not, we don't mean to promote the network, but that's kind of what happens. But, I mean, you're going to have a lot of people signing up just for this pay-per-view, and then you're going to go. They're going to have to follow it up big at TLC in, in December just to make sure that they keep those subscribers because you can cancel any time, quote-unquote. But, I mean, it's a business move. But this is huge. Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. I mean, Goldberg, like I said, after 12 years, you're going to want to see what he does in the ring. Um, now, talking about the specific Survivor Series lose, you know, not having that spark, understand exactly where you're coming from. Back in the late 80s, early 90s, they did just kind of throw random people together with, that had storylines together. There wasn't this really Raw versus SmackDown kind of... And now there's conflict. And people want to see conflict, and people want to see a winner and want to see a loser. This is why Survivor Series is going to be so good. You have distinct brands now. You have since July. And you have... Team Raw versus Team SmackDown Live. On Team Raw, you've got the Universal Champion, Kevin Owens. You've got the U.S. Champion, Roman Reigns. That's your boy. Uh, you've got uh, Chris Jericho, who is more over right now than anybody because he's got that list. And the you know list what? The list of Jericho. You know what, Mr. Sh- the show, Mr. Jones? 
you know what? He's on the list. He's on the list. He's on the list. <laughs> I'm just, I just say, I needed to get that pop. That was awesome. You got the Seth Rollins, and you also got Braun Strowman. And that's that's kind of a, a wrench into it because he doesn't really fit the mold. He's not a main eventer, quote unquote. He's been fighting squash guys for the past, and we're not going to get into and that. And if I'm not mistaken, we're not going to get into that. If I'm not mistaken, Jericho put him on the list. Jericho did put Strowman on the list for stealing the <laughs> yeah. list at one point in time. That, that gimmick is great. I love that. I don't know how that came up, but it's awesome. So that's that's Team Raw. Then you got Team SmackDown Live, which is captained by AJ Styles, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. You got the Lunatic Fringe, Dean Ambrose. You've got Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, who are now running buddies, at least right now. I still think it's a Randy Orton thing to try to get into the mind of the Wyatt family and Bray Wyatt to get him yeah. from the inside. It's a, it's a double cross, definitely. Gotta be. Yeah. And, and, and you kind of see, see the storyline where it's like Bray is kind of like that leader that's convinced that you know this guy is following him. And Luke Harper's like that right-hand man that's like, he can't be trusted. You know, and so I, I think it's I think it's a good storyline. That's up, an man. interesting storyline. Yeah. I never saw that coming with the, with the beginning of Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. But it's so cool because it just gives more development to Randy Orton as well as Bray Wyatt. And then once they come together and once the double cross happens, they're both going to be stronger individually, which is great. Now, the fifth member of that team was supposed to be Baron Corbin, but quote-unquote Baron Corbin was injured. Um, on SmackDown Live, and he was injured by Kalisto, as all from all people, which is very interesting um, because you know he had actually he had put Kalisto out for a while, and then Kalisto came back, and Kalisto got this mean streak under him, and Kalisto took out Baron Corbin. So, so is that injury legit, or they just wanted to get him off of? That I'm not sure of, okay. you know, because this has happened in the past week, and I I haven't read too much about it, right? Um, but it could be uh, now if it's a legit injury to Corbin, I'm not sure he was selling it really well. Yeah. Um, but they did replace him. There is a SmackDown Live fifth member, and it is none other than Shane McMahon. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I wasn't really hyped on him at WrestleMania. I was hyped on the idea and the match and the story. And yes, there was a great spot that came out of it, and that's great. But I I, I don't know. I don't think I don't think it works well in this match. For two reasons. Why? Why? Okay, so Stephanie is the other GM of the other brand, and you don't see Stephanie get involved in any matches. Right. So how does it make sense that the other GM of SmackDown suddenly gets involved? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Second thing, Shane is... Shane does mat, does great, or how, how however best it can be when Shane is involved, when it's more like those hardcore matches, because Shane just likes to do dangerous things. And that's kind of where he gets his pops from, but I, I don't see I don't see why Shane was in this match. I don't see how he fits in here, man. You had other, I felt like you had other superstars on that that roster. I mean, they could have went with well because it's SmackDown, right? They could have went with Miz. They could have went with Dolph Ziggler. And I, Miz not, is on this storyline where he's kind of been left out of the equation. Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm just really confused about the whole Shane pick, man. Perhaps it is uh, a lead into a lot of different stories that can be told. You know, yet ten people in a match There's a lot of stories that can be told, new stories, furthered stories. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna see that, right? Because I mean, if anything, you know, it seemed like for a minute they were trying to set up with Shane with uh, Brock Lesnar. You know, you got F5 back at what pay per view is that? That Lesnar F5. I can't remember that. That was oh, the one wow. with uh, Orton where he faced Orton. Is that SummerSlam? SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he got F5 by, That's right. That's by right. Lesnar. And, you know, to me, that looked pretty obvious. Like, they're probably setting up a Shane and Lesnar 
feud for bah. WrestleMania, which is going to nah. be it's going to be meh, exactly horrible. But With the Undertaker coming back though this upcoming Tuesday, yeah, on uh, SmackDown Live. Whenever and you're Edge. listening to this, and yeah. Edge going to do the Cutting Edge. Um, so I don't like when Edge comes back. Why? Because he can't get involved. It's like when you see Edge, it's like he's one of those guys where it's like. You hope he just gives somebody a spare or something, but it's like he literally can't do anything. Right. So it's like every time you see him, you know nothing could happen. The Undertaker comes back, it's like, man, anything could go down. He could choke slam somebody, he could tombstone somebody. He might get, you know, knocked out. But I mean with Edge, it's like you can't can't do anything with him. This is true. I do like Edge, but I do understand it's kind of of uh, anticlimactic. Exactly. You can't do anything. Exactly. And you go into it knowing. So it's like no matter how heated the argument gets with Edge and another wrestler, it's like, well, we know this won't culminate to anything. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. We touched on this earlier at the Survivor Series pay-per-view. There's going to be a Cruiserweight Championship match. It's going to be the Brian Kendrick against Kalisto, who we just talked about. And if Kalisto happens to win, uh, and we talked about this earlier with Mr. Jones, if he wins the Cruiserweight Championship, the entire SmackDown uh, Live gets the Cruiserweight, the entire division. I don't want to see that happen. Just because of, and this is how we talked about it earlier, it's just way too much content for two hours. It's great that it breaks up the content on Raw that's three hours already. And if the Cruiserweight division goes to SmackDown and then they have the Cruiserweight special right after SmackDown Live every week, it's going to be too much. It's too much. Uh, We talked about it a little bit with the show, Mr. Jones. But here's the thing that I'm looking at. I wonder if it might be, you know, Vince might purposefully do this to get the Cruiserweights off of Raw, considering that it's it's no secret that... SmackDown is the better show right now. And so Vince might be convinced that if he takes this cruiserweight thing out of it, which Vince has never been a huge cruiserweight fan, right. that maybe he can make Raw a better show by moving this to his quote-unquote B brand, which is SmackDown, and having them worry about it. Um, and he can move to doing other things on Raw instead of giving them, you know, one and a half to two segments of show. It's possible. But that's also possible as well if Sami Zayn wins the Intercontinental Championship – He's going to take that to Raw because right now the Intercontinental Championship is held by Dolph Ziggler and Dolph Ziggler is on SmackDown. Very true. I still don't think that Ziggler's going. I don't think they're going to take the IC belt from Ziggler just yet. I hope not. It was such a big build between him and Miz that I can't see them just letting that go because it's pretty much over. You know, Ziggler loses that belt. There's no more, you know, Miz Miz and Ziggler. Right. It's kind of done. Even though we saw that so many times, but it was so well built up, and the payoff was fantastic. So I enjoy Dolph Ziggler. I enjoy Sami Zayn. I think that's going to be a great match, and I think uh, Ziggler will continue to retain because there hasn't been a lot of push for Sami Zayn at this point in time, but he's a worker. He's a hell of a hand. So, I mean, that'll be a fun uh, match to watch. They were pushing that, like, Zayn versus Strowman, right? Like, Zayn had that... Is that feud still going on? I don't know if that I think feud... they kind of sidelined it because of Survivor Series. Yeah, now, but... I mean, they did have a couple of encounters, but nothing ever definite at this point in time. Yeah. But yeah, because of Survivor Series. Yeah, basic David versus Goliath type of storyline. And this is interesting to where The Miz could fit in. The Miz could fit in at the Intercontinental picture. The Miz could fit in in the 515 traditional Survivor Series match. Yeah. The Miz is... I, I enjoy the Miz. I enjoy the, and I I like that Maurice is back with. Uh, that's a good heater for him. I, I want to see where the Miz ends up. I want the Miz to main event WrestleMania again. Yeah, that would be, I want the Miz to win the Royal Rumble. Honestly, I would yeah. love to see somebody like that win the Royal Rumble. I would I would like to see. I think that Miz Miz kind of uh, I, I don't know. People soured on him for a while, and so it's like you know back when he used to come out, ah, he really wouldn't get a reaction from fans. But it's like I think. He's got the fans' attention again. 
yeah. which means that he he could be up for a push, and which people will react to it. They will respond. Because, he should be a major heel, yeah, he and he's going to get that. He should be one of the big players, definitely. One of the top guys. Let's talk about um, the women's match. Five-on-five traditional Survivor Series. I love these traditional Survivor Series matches where you have elimination-style matches. When you're eliminated, you go, and then you know whoever's left on the other team is the winner. I like this. Yes. This is one thing that makes the Survivor Series what it is. So you do have Team Raw, captained by uh, the one and only nature girl she is charlotte uh, she is the women's champion on monday night raw um you have sasha banks you have nia Jax, who we talked about earlier coming up on the roster you have alicia fox which i'm glad to see her getting a little play because she is fantastic in the ring and she's great um so i think she's going to add a lot to the match she might be one of those first eliminations but hey i love alicia fox Definitely. i really do she's going first and you got bailey and she's the underdog, new kid on the roster. They're trying to play the same gimmick that they had with her down in NXT, but on a much bigger level. And they're slowly milking it, and it's it's kind of working. Yeah. It's kind of working. I mean, they're going to slowly build her. I mean, just because she was super hot in NXT, but like we kind of talked about before, it's a little bit of a different fan base on the main roster. So you got to kind of build her up slowly again, which I think is good. Take their time with her. Now, yeah, absolutely. Take your time. And then you got... The SmackDown side, where Becky Lynch is the champion. Did you? All right. Side note: Did you hear that Kevin Dunn hates when she speaks on a microphone because her accent? Well, she does have a really thick. She accent. has a thick Irish accent, and he can't stand it. Like I think that their plan is to like cut her promo time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if it's okay possible. if she can fight in the ring. I'm all right with that. I mean, she looks good. She works good. So I mean, I know she's got that really, really. It's thick really accent. thick. I mean, yeah. seriously. It's, it's thick. A, yeah, it's almost like she just walked over here from Ireland. It's yeah. funny. AJ Styles had that kind of same Southern accent, like really, really thick Southern draw. Um, but they kind of they worked that out of him. I mean, you can still hear it, yeah. but it's not really as prominent. And I think it's her voice too. The fact that she kind of has like a deeper voice. She does. If she had like a lighter voice, I don't think the accent would interfere with like you understanding her as much. But it's yeah. true. Now we got on the SmackDown side. We got Carmella and we got Nikki Bella, who are at odds right now. Yeah. Um. So we got both of them. We got Alexa Bliss. I love Alexa Bliss. She's, on, she's on a great job, man. She is. I, did, uh, I, I I didn't really know if she was going to be, you know, that much of an addition. Like, oh, you know, they just bring up somebody. But what she's been doing with like Becky and stuff has been great. Absolutely, and I did not get that. I mean, I didn't know how she's going to be reacted to on the top roster, but, man, she is fantastic. She's awesome. Um, And you also have – now, they're letting Natalia be the coach of Team Blue, which is funny, Um, but that's another thing altogether. But you also have – I am missing somebody. Oh, uh, Naomi. And uh, she's got the coolest entrance in the world right now. Oh, man, that entrance is on fire. Plus, yeah. she's also fantastic in the ring. Oh, I forgot something about the uh, the men's match, the 5-on-5. Five five. What's that? So, um, Team, I believe, let me just check it out. There it is. So, uh, Team SmackDown has an official mascot. I'm not going to mention who that official mascot is because... Uh, what do you think of SmackDown using jobbers in... Like the main event, you know what I'm saying? Is it making a mockery of the main event, or is it like it's fun for the storyline for right now? It's it's fun and different for the SmackDown storyline. We'll just leave it at that. It's enhancement talent for the sake of enhancing basically the storylines with the upper echelon guys. That's what it is. Um, it is, in all sense of a word, a gimmick. It, it definitely is. It's going to run its course, and it's it's going to you know 
God bless that for happening, but that there is a mascot for team. I'll just say it. It's James Ellsworth. So I will say that. I'll put it out there. I'm just not a huge fan of that whole thing. It's it's intriguing to watch, but I'm not a huge fan of that whole thing. But that's okay. Everybody's got their opinions. Got the highest uh, selling T-shirt on WWE.com. Are you serious? It's the T-shirt <laughs> of the the face, the uh, surprise looking on face. Dude, so. they make so much fun of him. It's it's crazy. Like it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, and they, and they make light of it, but that's that's the the character he's there to play. That's the role he's in, and he's doing it to a T. Let me just put it that way. Uh, but we'll we'll get back to that. Uh, we will talk about now the tag team. There's 20 people in this match. Um, it's it's a five on five team, five five, five teams against five teams, and uh, I like this. They haven't done this since like the late 80s. Yeah, that's um, crazy. Uh, dude, the New Day when they were in Scotland, man, they did and Big E did that speech from Braveheart. I think that, Big E lived that dude, man. He that loved, awesome. loved it. <laughs> that Braveheart speech yeah. was fantastic. Dude, them fans were going for them so hard. That was a great uh, couple of days that they had that tour yeah. in Scotland. That was great. Um, so we're going to talk about it. We got Team Raw against Team SmackDown. So we do have Team Raw. We've got, uh, looks like we've got Primo and Epico, the uh, the All-Stars or whatever they're called. The, uh, what I can't, are, the, even, I can't even think. Stars? The Shining Stars, so, thank you. All right, I am, I am liking the fact that they're, listen, their gimmick sucks. All right, <laughs> let, let me just be straight about that. But I am liking the fact that they're actually starting to embrace what their gimmick is a little more. Because if you remember, supposedly they were always supposed to be timeshare salesmen. But when they first started, you didn't know that. Like, they just kept saying, come to Puerto Rico, and they would just come out. But it's like, now they got the pamphlets. Yes. I like how they're incorporating it in the match. Like, they're like, oh, hey, hey, look at this pamphlet, you know, while, while they're in the match. It's like, that's kind of funny, you know. But It is kind of funny. I mean, but the gimmick still sucks. So. It, the gimmick is, uh, but, you know, it's good for a mid-card kind of. You need yeah. that funny ha-ha entertainment. Yeah. You need that eventual one. You got Cesaro and Sheamus, who have been at each other's throats, and now they're a tag team. But they're on the same team now, and they're on the same team of ten. You've got Anderson and Gallows, the Bullet Club. We've got them on Team Raw. We've got, uh, it looks like, Brizongo on Team Raw, uh, which is pretty interesting. And you also have... Um, American Alpha. American Alpha Man, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for them to give these guys a push. They, they've been kind of doing a very slow build with them, which I get. Um, but, I mean, these guys have great matches. So, we'll see. American Alpha, I believe they're on the SmackDown side. This they picture are. is very deceiving. So you got Enzo and Cass, they're on the Raw side. Yes, sir. You got the New Day, they're on the Raw side. Yeah. You got the Shining Stars, Cesaro and Sheamus and the Bullet and Club. Then, but, they're all on the right. Raw side. So this other half of the picture is SmackDown. It's deceiving right. because there's three New Day on there. Yes. Because you can't have 11 people in the match. Yeah. So that's why it's deceiving. But you do have Rhino and Heath Slater on the SmackDown side. You do have the Hype Bros. You do have the Usos. You do have uh, American um, Alpha. And you also have Brizongo. Brizongo is on the SmackDown side. What do you think of the Hype Bros, man? I don't think we ever talked about them. I love them, and I love the idea in NXT. I think, you know, having that over oversaturated gimmick worked there. I don't know if it's really catching on on the main roster yet. Now, it's great for an opening match, I think, um, which is kind of where Enzo and Cass have been slated. And, and the opening match, they're kind of doing the ha-ha spot, the funny stuff. Uh, but I do like them both. I like Zack Ryder. He got his WrestleMania moment this year. I do like... Um, I do like... Uh, what's Mojo his name? Thank you, Mojo. I do like him, too. But I don't know if I like them as a team. But they fit in well with this dynamic with this uh, 20-person match. Mojo Raleigh has, like, that ultimate warrior kind of energy. He does. But um, 
I, I feel like if you remember his early days on NXT, it worked. Like people were behind him, but then the fans just kind of started turning on him a bit, and he started souring on him. And that's kind of when they put Zack Ryder with him. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, they're okay. It is what it is. I mean, that's going to be real interesting. If one of your team members is eliminated, then your entire team is eliminated from the match. So I see some tag teams breaking down from this. Yeah, I mean, they, they very well could be. And uh, we, we're going to see a lot of interesting matchups that in before you wouldn't think that they were. But, but the, the, because they were making this brand split so uh, a big piece of information, all of these matchups now mean something more. Yeah. Why did they... Why they bring? I was watching SmackDown, and you know, Kurt Hawkins got signed back. Yes, he and, did. Uh, Kurt Hawkins comes out, and I think he just gets what? Not, who did he fight? Was it Ziggler? He just gets like super kicked and then pinned. That I think. Was, like, it. I think it was. I think it was Ziggler. Uh, he just yeah. He talked a big game. They yeah. gave him like two, three, four minutes on the mic, and yeah. then boom, it's over. It's done. And I'm just like, why? Like, why did you bring a guy back for this? I, I'm I'm very confused about that, but. Maybe he's there for another. It's a, it's a gimmick thing, you know. He's yeah. putting himself over as the best thing ever, and of course he's not. So right, it's that version of that gimmick. I mean, I do like Kurt Hawkins. I've never had a problem with him. So I mean, he's never been a big. He when he was with Edge, I think. Yeah, when as, they, when him and Ryder were with Edge as the. What were they? What they call themselves? They're like his. The Edgeheads. Edgeheads. No. Yeah. Were they? <laughs> yeah. No. So. They they were great. Yeah. Um. I tell you, it's it's a very interesting week and weekend of wrestling that's either coming up or shortly have passed. Uh, what what thoughts do you have? It's a lot of information, Big Ugly. What thoughts do you got going on? What you mean as far about as... anything? Uh, I mean, we got we go off on tangents all the time. Yeah. So uh, anything WWE related? Survivor Series, I'm excited for. It's going to be great. Um, we talked about this last time. I'm still just very concerned that this Lesnar and Goldberg match isn't going to deliver. It's. I think it is the main event. Am I correct? I don't know. Is it? I, I would mean, have to assume. It is fantasy. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It is fantasy warfare. But, uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, they're building this up to be the main event. Now, they're supposed to go head-to-head on Raw tomorrow night. You know, they're both, uh, they both, one's been on Raw, the other one's been on Raw. Now, both of them are supposed to be on Raw at the same time. Right. So... Depending on when you're listening to this podcast, that could have already happened. It could be just a stare down. It could be one person hits a move and, you know. I'm saying Goldberg gets at five. Tomorrow night on Raw? Tomorrow night on Raw. He spared Heyman. I'm saying he's getting at five this time. Normally, the person who goes into the pay-per-view with the momentum traditionally is the one that loses. loses. Yeah. So, I would think maybe Goldberg might, I mean, you might see an F5 and you might turn into a spear, or you Ah. might see a a teased jackhammer that Lesnar gets out of. Right. Um, But, you know, Lesnar won't get the upper hand tomorrow night because, or on Monday night, whenever you're listening. Because you're saying Lesnar is taking. Lesnar's got to win. Lesnar's got to win. I mean, I agree. I think we both agreed on that. You can't, Goldberg, Goldberg can't get a win. I'm hoping that they do something like they did at WrestleMania with the whole Triple H thing thing, you know, bring out a lot of people to interfere in this match just to give it a lot more body to the match. Uh, I hope it is a means to setting up Lesnar for somebody else because I don't see this happening more than one time. I don't, I, I see this as a one-off. So I'm excited to watch it though. It's going to be a good week of wrestling coming up. So, so they're bringing Undertaker back on SmackDown. Do you think this is just? I mean, obviously they're bringing him back because this is SmackDown's what twenty twenty nine hundred nine hundred episode, right? So nine hundred episode Undertaker was definitely a staple of SmackDown. Are they going to set him up for his next feud? And who could that be against? 
Well, it's interesting because I think they should set it up because if they're going to be in Texas for the Royal Rumble and uh, they're going to try to fit 60,000 people in the Alamo Dome, they're going to need a lot of names. They're going to need, and Undertaker is going to be one of them. He's from Texas, so they're going to need a lot of names. So who do they put them him up against on the SmackDown Live roster? I don't know. I'm gonna say John Cena. That quick? You don't think that's WrestleMania worthy? Well, I mean, it could be a setup for WrestleMania, but I guess they wouldn't set up WrestleMania this soon. No, I don't. Maybe they wouldn't set it up this soon, but maybe they would tease it, and then both of them possibly would be involved in the Royal Rumble itself somewhere, and then set that up for later on down yeah. to WrestleMania. So, do you think do you think Taker's going to take a match before WrestleMania? I don't think he should. No, definitely not. I don't think he should. I think he should be on television and and involved in uh, skits and storylines and things like that. But I don't think he should. Actually, I don't think he should wrestle anymore except it's WrestleMania. Right at all because I I'm, this is that's got to be towards the end. He's in his fifties. That's got to be towards the end of the line. Yeah, man. I <laughs> I don't know exactly when Taker wants to call it quits. I, I know the guy's definitely got enough money by now to to call it quits. Yeah. there's no doubt about that. He said he had enough money when it came down where WrestleMania 19 was happening. He was like, I just I've accomplished everything I want to do in this business. I just want to continue to live a dream and help all help the other boys out. Right. He's a company man. Yeah. That's what he does. Yeah. So, but what will be next for The Undertaker? I don't know. But it's always great to see that entrance. It's always great to see him on television. And it's always intriguing to see who he's going to go after next. Or who's going to come after him. Him and Cena is inevitable at this point. I, I, I've been saying this for years. And they kept throwing monkey wrench into it. But they've teased this so many times. And they never actually went through with it. Uh, as far as on the main stage. So they've got to do it. AJ Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania. Can we see oh, that happen? Oh, man. I'd love to see Shawn Michaels come back. I'd love to see that match. Dude, so. AJ posted this picture of him, like, a face-to-face with him and Shawn Michaels. I was like, dude, this would, that would be a great match, man. I don't know even about WrestleMania. I'd say they should do that at the Royal Rumble because okay. that's going to be in Texas. Yeah. And that's another Shawn Michaels territory. Yeah. I think Austin should be involved. Well, you know, well, you know Michaels is gone from Texas now. He moved down to Orlando. Apparently, he's taking Matt Bloom's job of heading up NXT. I heard he was definitely involved in NXT. I didn't know how deep he was involved. I know he was helping out, but uh, you know, but he is a Texas guy. He may have moved to Orlando, which is fantastic. But I mean, he's a Texas guy. Yeah. I mean, he's still San Antonio, Texas. I mean, when they announce him, whenever he comes out, they're never gonna say he's from Orlando, Florida. No, yeah, no, he's no, San no, Antonio, yeah. he's Texas. He's a Texas boy, definitely. So that's where you yeah. get all those Texas guys on the card, kind of like they've done before with WrestleManias: Austin, Undertaker, uh, Shawn Michaels. You know, you got a lot of Texas guys, yeah. and that's a yeah. big foreground for wrestling. Yeah. So, but you know, Michael's like kind of like, he, he's kind of like a CM Punk character, man. He, you know, he's very he he believes very strongly in what he believes in, and you know, you can't just dangle something in front of him and make him you know go after it. You know, so he's been very adamant because they wanted you know according to what I've been reading, they wanted him back for other matches, right? And he just went like, no, I'm not coming back. Like I, I'm done. I'm retired. Like because right. he feels like if he comes back. It's almost like a slap in the face to those great matches that he had with the Undertaker, right. you know, that put him in retirement. Right. And so, you know, I I don't think I don't think he's gonna come back. It'd be great. Of course, I'm a big Shawn Michaels fan. I love to see it, but you know, I think he's just gonna stick to his guns. And he could. And I mean, whether he did come back, I mean, we've seen people come back after retiring, quote unquote, so many times. Uh, is he one of those guys to respect that? Yes, very possibly. I do respect that too. But 
you know, having Michaels come back with, I would love to see in a Shawn Michaels-Daniel Bryan match, even though Daniel Bryan, and that's another thing, this whole Total Bellas, Total Divas thing, it's on E! Entertainment Television, they're showing that Daniel Bryan's, you know, gone down for the rest of his career, but I know he's trying to rehab, and I know he's trying to come back to fight one more time. Um, Dude, th- there's no way, because it, even if you rehab, let's say your neck gets better, that doesn't solve the fact that he's gotten so many concussions. I agree. I mean, I I don't know the medical exactly the medical history, but I know this whole thing is a work now. This whole wrestling thing is a work. You know, the Miz has been trying to goad Daniel Bryan. Everybody, maybe they're just using it because they can goad him. Right. But uh, you know, that's another thing. You want to see all these legendary fantasy warfare, and that's where this Goldberg and Rock Lesnar thing's coming in because it's legendary. You know, fantasy warfare. You want to see those guys like Shawn Michaels come back. You want to see The Undertaker wrestle, you know, a different breed of guys. You know, like Undertaker, AJ Styles. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's something like that. I'd love to see that. You would never think you'd see that in a million years. Nah, yeah. Undertaker, I would love it. Yeah. Uh, anybody, you know, it, it, uh, John Cena especially, because that's ultimate fantasy warfare. Two part-time, quote-unquote, guys now. So, I don't know. There's a lot of interesting stuff. Since you, you you mentioned this a couple months ago, the brand split brought a lot of intrigue back to just regular storylines, to one show versus the other, making it a point. Raw has been kind of falling by the wayside a little bit. Yeah, well, and you know what it is. It, it's falling by the wayside because, once again, I think it still falls back to too much content. That's true. It's so much easier to write a two-hour show. Triple, listen, Triple H has been in business for like 20 years, right? The guy pretty much runs NXT. I believe he's a smart person in the business. And he's already said, you know, on the Austin podcast, it's too much. Yeah. I mean, I have to trust what this guy is saying. It's just too much. And they they can't make a great show with the three hours. You can see it on SmackDown. You can make a great show with two hours. We grew up, or I grew up, you know, watching great Raws when it was two hours. Yeah. In the Attitude Era. Dude, you got to go back to it. But, I mean, I I understand why they can't. But I, to me, I don't expect to ever see a great Raw show continually. You, you might get some here and there, but continually with that three-hour format. It's true, and and it's a lot of format, and then it goes back to the pay-per-views. You know, if you're going to have three-hour Raw, then three-hour pay-per-view really doesn't mean too much. If you got Raw getting three-hour pay-per-views and SmackDown getting three-hour pay-per-views, but SmackDown only gets two hours per week and Raw gets three, I, I know it's a business thing. It's It's a... It's a marketing thing. It's a merchandising thing. It's a, you know, money thing. But it, it's way too much. You don't want to oversaturate. Or if you want to, if you do have so much content, you need to basically spread it up a little bit more. You need to have different things happen and different characters, things like that. That's why the people like Kurt Hawkins and and uh, the people that are doing the ha ha yeah. stuff, it, it does they, come into play. Right? Because they brought back Hawkins. They brought back the Headbangers. Uh, is, <laughs> is, is Jinder Mahal still around? I know they had brought back Jinder, Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal's still around. Okay, so they're okay. Um, I hadn't seen him wrestle. The plan was Shelton Benjamin, but I think they're still going to bring Shelton back. But I mean, it's going to be. A I would months. love to see Shelton because he, uh, he had maybe, a shoulder uh, injury. So. Uh, entering into the Royal Rumble or something like that. And they got this Royal Rumble. There's so much talent and so many things out there that 30 guys might just not be enough for the I, Royal Rumble. I think they said they're, they're moving up the number. It's oh, not going to be 30 for this Because uh, I know they've had a 40 before. Yeah. I and think that they, was uh, pretty good. And Alberto Del Rio won that. And now that Alberto Del Rio is out of the WWE, you know, they probably want to give that distinction to somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're definitely, I think, moving up the number on that Royal Rumble. Because you gotta, you gotta make you gotta make room for the SmackDown guys, the Raw guys, 
all these guys that they've hired. And then, of course, every Royal Rumble, they bring back a few vets for nostalgia. You know what I'm saying? So I popped hard when Diesel came out that oh, one year, yeah, bro. Oh, yeah, man. After so many yeah. years off. And it wasn't Kevin Nash. It was, it was Diesel. Diesel. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. I, I popped hard. Definitely. But I love to see that. And I was in Philadelphia when the Dudley Boys came back for the first time. That was actually Bubba Ray Dudley. Yeah. Who, that Dudley Boys music hit at number Dude. three. I'm like, ah. That, that crowd went Are you crazy, serious? man. That was yeah. awesome. So... Goldust was a surprise entrant one time, like before he came back kind of full time. Yeah. Goldust has been a surprise entrant. The surprise entrants, you got to have at least three spots for that. DDP. DDP. Yeah. Who should go into the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. I I think that should happen. I I guess I think the biggest holdup is probably because DDP didn't make as big of an impact in WWE as he did in WCW. And, True, and but now he's making an impact on a different level, which is getting his name more out there with the DDP Yoga, and bringing Jake the Snake back, and bringing Scott Hall back, so they can get inducted into the right. Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe he didn't leave a, maybe he had a thumbprint on the professional wrestling business as far as being a performer. He's done so many other things. Yeah, you know, managing, creative, yeah. voiceovers, everything. And, so, and I mean. He was a top guy in WCW. He was. Like, when we think of him in WWE, it's like, yeah, he'll never be looked at as, like, having that great impact. But DDP, if you remember, like, he was one of the first guys to stick it to NWO. Yes, remember he Remember, they thought they, they thought he was joining, and he, like, gave the diamond cutter to Hall. <laughs> yeah. I love that so, stuff. Yeah. And I still watch that stuff from uh, the Monday Night Wars and things like that. So, hey, we, we've gone off on tangents. We can do it again. But, yeah, I'll tell you what. We are uh, coming to the end of our podcast here. Um, we've got a lot talking about here. We've got things coming up later on in the year. We've got TLC happening later in the year. Tribute to the Troops is going to happen later in the year. Um, we're going to have Royal Rumble coming up. We're going to have plenty to talk about that. More EWA Pro Wrestling guests. So, And that's one more thing. So we've got a lot of people. The all-nighter party fighter, JT Moore. You know who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about. So I think we want to have him on the show. I think that's going to be one of our next uh, kind of questions. Who I mean, you want to let, see? Let's, let's have him on the show because, I mean, the show Mr. Jones pretty much just said that the supremacy loves beating this guy up. He really so. just called him out, didn't <laughs> yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. He just insulted the guy. So and he that's is. a man. He yeah. has a family. He, well, yes, he does. That <laughs> is a real man. Yeah. <laughs> he got a family. He's got, He's a, got a mortgage to pay. Yeah. Hellfire, brimstone, <laughs> damn it! That's, uh, that's, <laughs> my inner Jr. just can't kind of came out. Jr.'s podcast. There's been a couple of good podcasts with Jr. As far as uh, Jericho's had a couple of good ones. Austin's got a couple of good ones out there. So uh, listen to the podcast. Support the podcast and yeah. support us. Yeah, support us. More first. than they. They have enough support. <laughs> so right. listen to us first, then go listen to them. Send us yeah. comments. Send us emails. DirtyUglyWrestling at gmail.com. We want to hear what you want us to talk about. And uh, we've got our little promos running through the show, which is awesome as well. So Big Ugly, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no, just make sure you guys subscribe on SoundCloud um, and hit those like buttons. Mash the like buttons. Don't forget about iTunes, man. And iTunes, You know, like and subscribe and follow, so as soon as uh, the new episodes come out, you will get the notification, and you can listen to it anywhere, anytime, because we appreciate this. We appreciate it. Every other week, we are talking wrestling and MMA. MMA. and and MMA. And politics. And and politics, right, yeah. We're just everywhere, so yeah. 
we probably lost some subscribers because of our <laughs> political <laughs> views, but <laughs> hey, we're, we, we keep it dirty and ugly. We do keep it dirty and ugly, and we thank you all for listening out there. Go listen to the archive. There's so many episodes back there. Go listen to them all. Great so, interviews. Great interviews, great content about professional wrestling. So if you have, you know, need to catch up, you know, we talk about kind of everything. Everything. So uh, do this and do that. And thank you so much. We appreciate it. So as we always do on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, it's three, two, one, deuces. deuces.